When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. future we're talking real money it still astonishes me how few people understand investing and i don't just mean regular people i mean people who actually live this business who write about this business who comment on it who proclaim themselves to be experts oh my gosh I can't tell you the number of articles I've read over the past few months that say things like, well, the stock market doesn't accurately reflect the economy. How did the stock market get so out of whack? Oh my gosh, what in the world is wrong with you people? Did you seriously not study how stock markets work for even 10 minutes, you big doofuses? Really, the stock market, one, is not meant to reflect the current state of the economy. It's not. It's meant to reflect the expectations for the economy. And if those expectations turn out to be wrong, then it will suffer the slings and arrows of its outrageous stupidity. But... Generally speaking, it's sort of like the jelly bean guessing contest. The crowd generally tends to be pretty wise about what lies ahead in general terms. Pretty wise. It's <laughs> it's herd mentality. <laughs> not herd immunity, herd mentality. Anyway, not going to do that. Going to move on. Moving in this direction. Let's go over there. <laughs> okay, gotta get back on my train of thought. Okay, anyway, uh, it, it anticipates. When the stock market falls dramatically, it is usually due to a surprise, something the market had not anticipated, like, oh, I don't know, last March, a deadly pandemic? That surprises the market. It's really hard to build pandemic into the market. But there's something else going on, too, that most in the media, most on Wall Street, people who are trying to make a living scaring you or tempting you to be greedy, they tend to leave out. And that is, when they talk about the market, they're either talking about the dumb Dow, which is just 30 dumb stocks, well, it's 30 stocks, they're not dumb companies, but it's a dumb way to create a average or the S&P 500 which again is not indicative of the global economy as a matter of fact a lot of smart alecks on Wall Street are referring to the S&P 500 of late as the S&P 5 why think about it for a minute five companies account 
for the vast majority of the growth that we've seen in the S&P 500. There are dozens, if not hundreds, hundreds of other companies that have not done well because, well, there's a virus. The stock of the Walt Disney Company hasn't done well. The stock of Boeing hasn't done well, surprising. The stock of, um, oh, I don't know, Marriott hasn't done well. Delta, Southwest. There are a lot of companies that aren't soaring right now. And so in the, the indexes, they're represented. It's just that the massive growth of those five companies that are so huge they make up about $1, more than $1 in five of the value of all the other companies, of all the companies put together in the S&P 500. So it is representing the market, if you call the market the S&P 500. However, if you look at an international, massively diversified portfolio over the past year, that's the market. And those haven't done as well. As a matter of fact, the DFA Global Equity Fund, which if you want to think of the market, that's probably a pretty good way to see the market. The DFA Global Equity Fund, which is U.S. international, small value, all these things all mixed into one, that fund is down about 2% for the year. So does the total market reflect the situation better? Yeah, I think so. But we get snowed by the numbers. We really do. We need to think a little bit more critically. Please? Thanks. Have any questions? I'm going to try and answer those for you. I do that on these podcasts. Then we have a live show on Saturdays. That'll be tomorrow for those of you uh, listening on Friday. And we take your questions there at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. You can send them in at TalkingRealMoney.com with the contact form. You can send it two ways, uh, written or verbal. But they all work. So give it a try. Give us a call, 855-935-TALK, as this person did. My name is Mario. Uh, I'm calling from Kansas. Uh, I invested my Roth IRA in Vanguard 3-pound portfolio, Vanguard Total Stocks, Vanguard Total International, and Vanguard Total Bonds. The allocation is uh, 70, 20, and 10. 70 domestic, 20 international, and 10 bonds. I, I I don't have enough money in my retirement account because I came here to the United States as an immigrant. We have like 20,000 only. Uh, what do you think about my asset allocation, 9010 uh, for uh, four years old? I'm 40 years old. Do you think this portfolio is good for me? Uh, I will retire maybe in 2045, something like that. I want you to give me my uh, advice or any recommendation. I love your show. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks, Mario. Appreciate the call, uh, and I'll be probably dead by the time you retire. Thanks for making me feel really old. 
Okay, let's talk about it. One, you shouldn't feel bad. You got 20 grand at 40 years old. You're doing better than most Native Americans. I, I would, yeah, I could definitely say most. You're doing great. Just keep doing what you're doing, but do it just a little bit differently. You're making the same mistake that most people make. You're overweighting your portfolio to the United States. I'm okay with the 90-10. I'm good with that. But as you know, there is more to the world than just us, as in the U.S. Your allocation should be closer to the actual market capitalization of the global economy. And that's 54 U.S. and 46 international right now, approximately. Which is why we just generally say go 50-50. 50 U.S., 50 international. and Or in this case, 45-45. And you're 10 in bonds for that modicum of stability. So uh, that's the big change I would make. Just keep doing what you're doing. You're going to be great. 20 Five years from now, you keep saving at that rate, you're going to be very comfortable. You're going to have a very, very nice retirement. Now, Mario, I see you made another call. So let's go to that one. My wife uh, wants to buy a balanced fund. What do you think is best for her? She's 39 years old. She's looking for like uh, 60, 40, or 80, 20. Do you, do you, do you think that uh, target dates fund are better than the life cycle at Vanguard? Thank you so much. Bye. Well, there are a lot of options, and it really depends. You said she could be 80, 20, or 60, 40. Um, you might want to have her take our risk quiz at TalkingRealMoney.com and see where she really falls. But, for example, their life strategy fund, not their life strategy fund, uh, their target date fund. I meant to say their target date fund, the 2045 is a 90, fund. It's like your allocation. It's 90% equities, 10% bonds or fixed income. She could go for the life strategy fund, or she could go for a balanced index, or it's really pretty simple to just go with the Vanguard total world stock fund and the total bond fund. Uh, any of those ways I think would be fine. I don't, think it really is going to matter a whole heck of a lot. Not at this juncture. Down the road, you know, you might want to get a little fancier and start over allocating to small cap and value and things like that, but not right now. Just get started. So uh, the life strategy fund would be, I mean, the, <laughs> the target date fund, the life strategy growth fund would be great too. So any of those ways I think are fine. There's no absolutely right answer because they're all really, really potentially good. Thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. 855-935-TALK. That's our number. And we love taking your calls just like we're going to do right now. Hey, Don. It's Arnie calling from Arlington. Um, a while ago, you were talking about uh, what a bad investment condominiums in Florida are. Uh, and that makes sense. The problem is I have in-laws that are dead set to go down to the Tampa Bay area, purchase a condominium. Um, I'm thinking the least harmful way, and what do you think of this idea, is if they do that, uh, take out a mortgage with the minimum down, but then convert that to a reverse mortgage. And if they do that, they're wor and 
let the just let the condo go back to the mortgage company when when they're uh, uh, after they're gone. So, what do you think of that idea? It seems to be the least harmful way. That way, their only expense would be the monthly association fee. And if you think that's feasible, how? Second question is how soon after a conventional mortgage can someone convert that to a reverse mortgage? Thanks. Great show as always. Bye bye. Glad you 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 uh, qualified the question a bit because if they just put the minimum down. They're not going to have any equity. They're not going to be able. They're not going to have enough equity to get a reverse mortgage. You've got to have equity in the property for the reverse mortgage people to take the risk to give you any money because they're, they're lending against the equity. So they're not. If they take out a mortgage with the lowest down, forget about a reverse mortgage. Really, anytime in the next ten years, because most of the initial payments are going to be going to interest. So not a lot of principle. Uh, let's talk about though the investment concept. I hate condos as an investment. I don't mind them as a way to live. If the math works out, if the cost of living is reasonable, because remember, once you have purchased a condo, except for the HOA dues and things that fluctuate like taxes and insurance, your payment is going to stay in a fixed mortgage, what your payment is today, pretty much. Unlike renting an apartment where rents can rise. So it takes a little of the uncertainty out of the equation, which is why I'm okay with living in a condo. Just don't expect to make money on it. Don't expect to pass a lot of money onto your heirs because you're not likely to pass on much more than the equity you have in the property. Uh, there ought not be much in the way of appreciation, except in the most special of circumstances. So don't expect that. But if it's a lifestyle thing, buy a condo. Put the least amount down. Make payments. Make sure the payments are within their budget. But don't expect to be doing a reverse mortgage. I don't see that happening. Thanks for the question. There's another way. You, you, you can call us at 855-935-TALK, but you can also voice your question 24-7 just by going to TalkingRealMoney.com and clicking on the contact button and then clicking on the microphone and recording it with your computer. With your computer, with a microphone you have hooked up to it, and it usually sounds pretty good, kind of like, say, this. Hello, Don. Hi, Tom. I'm a government employee and recently received an email. Uh, the subject was 2020 temporary deferment of Social Security taxes. I uh, don't know if you've read about that or heard about that, but it I don't know if it just pertains to military members and civil service employees or if it's for everybody. But the taxes on Social Security are going to be deferred from September through December, but then we'll start up again January through April, and the repayment is due January through April. My question is, uh, what is the purpose of this, and is there uh, a benefit to it? Thank you. All right, I try not to get political on this show, but this is relatively political, this topic. The... Temporary moratorium, the um, the suspension 
but it's only temporary. You got to pay it back. Of payroll taxes is something that the president has been pushing for a while. Well, what he did by executive order was state that yeah, you don't have to pay them right now. You could put them off, but for most employees or employers, that's optional. I know it. Our firm, we're not doing it because what's the advantage? So you get a little more money today, but you got to pay it back in three months. How is that advantageous to really much of anybody? It's and it's again, it, payroll taxes aren't that much. I think it's personally silly. Uh, you don't have a choice, though. I believe, uh, from what I know, what I've read, government employees are getting the uh, the cessation right now. But as you said, come January, February, March, you got to pay it back. So it is what it is. Is it good? How could it be? Great. Uh, I mean, it's kind of crazy. You get to use money for a couple of months, but then you got to pay it back. So it's a loan. I guess it's a zero interest, small, tiny loan. But Interest rates are almost zero anyway, so I don't I, I don't see the purpose. It just seems silly. Thanks so much for sending your question in via talk. Thanks so much for sending your question in via Talking Real Money and hitting that little button. You can also type your questions there too, and we're gonna answer most of those um on the Saturday show. Because I just got so many. I want to get the the audio questions in, and then we'll uh, read some of your written questions during the live show on Saturday, and then they'll become a podcast next week. So we'll get them answered. We will. We try to get all of them answered. Even some crazy ones. We got a crazy one for tomorrow. So let's take one more called-in question. Well, actually spoken in at the website. Hi, Tom and Don. I had a quick question about whole life insurance. Um, uh, I was sold a whole life insurance a few years ago. Uh, I was not that uh, financially literate at that time, unfortunately. Uh, I bought a whole life uh, policy for me and my wife uh, for $1 million each with $30,000 annual premium. I, I paid it for four years and then I realized that, uh, then I studied more about whole life insurance and realized I uh, should not be doing that. So I converted into it into a paid up policy and I no longer pay, pay any annual premiums on that. Um, and my cash value right now is $87,000, but the cost basis is $135,000. So what should I do uh, with this? uh cash value that i have at uh, northwestern mutual should i leave it as it is uh, till 59 and a half and let it grow at whatever one two percentage it grows uh and or should i transfer it to vanguard to a 1035 or do a like a variable annuity at vanguard or fidelity and uh, uh, try to earn more on that or just leave it at northwestern mutual i don't need that money right now uh, please let me know your thoughts and thank you for everything you do. Have a good day. Well, huh? You know, that was a great illustration of what a bad investment whole life is, isn't it? 135,000 into it, 87,000 you could get out of it. <laughs> it's not a good investment, but you did the right thing. You did a smart thing. You converted it. 
into a paid-up policy. I don't. You didn't say what the death benefit was, but uh, I would assume it's a decent death benefit. Is it's it's not going to be at a million, but uh, I would imagine because you're not paying premiums anymore. But if you need life insurance to cover your income, should you die, if someone is reliant upon you, then you might want to keep it for um, for that purpose and wait for a little while to cash it out. You don't have to worry about doing a 1035 exchange, though. I wouldn't put it into an annuity. I just when you do take it out, take it out and invest in something because you've lost money. You don't need to worry about a 1035 exchange. You don't have a gain. You don't have income. You don't, you don't have, you haven't made anything. You got to make something first to pay taxes on it. So good luck. You did the right thing. Thanks for sending in your question and please, you're all invited to do the exact same thing. Just go to talkingrealmoney.com, type in your question or record it, call 855-935-TALK. And again, if you have a big question, a giant question, you want to sit down and talk to somebody, most companies offer this free consultation, but it's really a sales pitch in disguise. We want to help everybody. We really do. Now, we're not going to manage your money for free. That would really be dumb, and Tom and I would really be broke. But we will help everybody, and our advisors know it. It's part of what they sign up for when they become a vestry advisor. Uh, also means they don't have to cold call, so there's a trade-off. But they will help you, and you won't have any obligation, and there will be no high-pressure sales pitch, and we will spend some time with you for free to try to get you on a better course, to try to solve some of your problems or figure out where you are today and where you might be tomorrow without any cost or obligation or high-pressure sales pitch. So to do that, just go set up an appointment. That's really the easiest thing to do. You can set up an appointment at TalkingRealMoney.com, or you can do it right at the bottom of our homepage at VestStory.com. It's really easy, and you can do it almost any time. So do that and keep listening and tell friends and ask me questions and call us on the weekend at 855-935-TALK when we're on live from 3 to 5 Eastern. You can convert it for the rest of the country. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Don McDonald. Talking real money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. That's a wrap.